Last show, Donica. Any plans? Thinking of doing a bit of stand-up. Telling jokes like? Knock, knock. Who's there? Beats. Beats who? Beats me. <laughs> yeah, that, that laughter track, that's got to go. That's a bit dated. Knock, knock. Who's there? A-B-E. A-B-E who? A-B-C-B-E-F-G. Listen, Donica, audiences, nah, they prefer stories. Do something visual or something. Knock, knock. Who's there? Howard. Howard who? Howard I know. Okay, our first guest played a massive part in Ireland's Six Nations Championship when he battered the Welsh into submission in Dublin. Farrell was right on the spot. Farrell was the right man in the right place. Farrell, and he gets over the game line. He's had a really good start. Crashes up the middle again. Winner, not much of a match for him. Farrell, that was fired at him. Good work from Farrell to get back. Farrell never gave up on it. Farrell has a game of his life. It's Chris Farrell, everybody! It's, it's genuine hero time here at Clubhouse. <laughs> Chris, so excited. you only made your debut in November, right? Yeah, that's right. And then you came on for Wales, against Wales, and you got man of the match. So the only Six Nations game you've ever played, you've never not been man of the match for Ireland <laughs> <laughs> when you played rugby. But it's been like a roller coaster to you. How has it been? Yeah, I suppose it has. I think um, even in November, I got my chance through injury with Robbie. Robbie... Stepped out in training and I got a chance to be in the most important game. I played in Fiji the week before that, but sort of when you start to join, like the Johnny Sexton in that game against Argentina, you get a feel for the real internationals. And uh, again, thanks to Robbie against Wales. I'm not grievance with Robbie, obviously, and I spoke with him about it, but like to get another chance in the Six Nations, something that I've watched from when I was a kid, is fantastic. And I was just delighted to put in a good performance, but uh, obviously that comes with a bit of. Bad news as well in the yeah. injury, but look, it is what it is. It's rugby. I've been there before, and I'll I'll be back in October, hopefully, of next season. What I can't you? believe yeah. the size of him. He's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> when Donica, when Donica O'Callan says, "I can't believe the size of him," you know, you've got a serious. I'm, I'm jealous. How how did you end up in the backs? You know what I mean? Like all the rest of us big units, it's into the forward. Obviously, you're skillful and you're a really good player. But how did you get out there? I don't know how I got out there. I don't know. For a country boy to be in Tyrone or Fermanagh playing rugby, you think it'd stick me in there straight away. But I managed to avoid it and got lucky. Yeah. He's done brilliant, hasn't he? Done He's again? done brilliant to yeah. get out to the backs. It's yeah. miserable in the forwards. <laughs> what do you remember about the Welsh match? I remember thinking I was blown about 20 minutes in and I didn't get my second wind until about 60. Um, so between 0 and 60, it was kind of all automated and I, I forgot a lot about it. But I think to get an involvement in the first few minutes like I did, it just makes things easy. 
especially in games like that, when it's your first game in the Six Nations, if you get an involvement early, things become a bit more automated and you can start to enjoy it a little bit later on. It's one of the great things about Joe Smith's game plans, though. They lead to you getting into the game early. Like that kick-up set-off, or the setup for that kick-off, you wouldn't normally be there in a, in a kind of club structure, but gets you into the game. Absolutely, yeah. Look, uh, you can see from the way we play, or I suppose even the way Robbie was playing for the two games before he got injured, he was unbelievable. And, uh, and I was just got a good chance to get in there and, and played well and, and then obviously it's a fine lesson how indispensable you are when Gary Ringer comes back and is incredibly influential again so the centre is a key role for Ireland and it's, it's just great to have had a chance to be in there. Chris, what's your favourite aspect of your game? Is it smashing people into the dirt <laughs> or soft hands? Uh, smashing people into the dirt that's what, that's, that's what, that's what, that's what keeps me in the sport because the thing that brought you to, to my eye was in the autumn internationals and it was just this little offload you did in the centre really soft hands that's a prime example I suppose of what you're talking about where some parts of Joe Smith's game can make you look good if you're, if you're involved in them at the right time absolutely now listen your journey through rugby has been rather interesting you haven't come through the traditional route you went from Ulster and then you gambled some would say a very ballsy move you went to Grenoble and then uh, back to Munster in Ireland. I mean, do you think that's benefited you as a player, having this kind of journey? Yeah, I think so, because um, you really appreciate um, the coaching level, the coaching you get back here when you go out to France, and um, I suppose even the experience you get and how, how things turned out for me out there and uh, playing against incredible players week in, week out in the top 14 was just invaluable for me because before that I didn't have any game time, really, any, any significant game time professional level. And, I just got a good break and managed to pick up some consistencies with injuries. I had no injuries out there and whatnot. And look, I love my time in France. I think France was unbelievable for me. And it's great to be back here now, but France yeah. was also a highlight. And throughout all this journey, I thought this was interesting, Donica. Throughout all this journey, uh, somehow Joe Schmidt managed to keep in touch with all his uh, development as a player. So it's not as if he ignored him. He kept ringing him, I believe, and or keeping in touch with you about it. Yeah, I, did, I had a bit of contact with him from, from the early stages when I was out there. Even before I had a game in France, I was speaking to him. So, look, I think Joe, Joe plays chess with every yeah. Irish rugby player that's available in, in Europe. So, <laughs> <laughs> I know one, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dunner, will you tell him that Dunners loves chess? <laughs> and would love to. To you be know. fair, I give away more penalties in 40 minutes than his teams do in four years. <laughs> yeah, but look, I. I did speak to him quite a bit and he did uh, send me over some clips and timings and games that he had watched for things to improve on and Jesus. things to... And that's, look, that's it does tap into that Machiavellian idea we have of Joe Schmidt, the kind of he's an evil genius, the Blofeld with the, with the, <laughs> the caddies. He's not, he's just at the top end of the game. That's what you expect, that's why we're doing so well. It's been led by brilliant leader and sometimes he doesn't get the credit. Absolutely. What are we going to do when we lose him? Anyway, um, <coughs> I was going to say, your favourite Six Nations moment, uh, Chris? The Six Nations? Uh, in oh, yeah, yes, in general, yeah. Pick your own. In general. Against Wales. Um, maybe a Jimmy Heasley try against France in yeah. 09, I think. 09. This is the legendary sidestepping one, I think. Yeah. I think we have it somewhere, yeah. It's up down the touchline with Tommy Bow and yeah. I remember just thinking I, I loved that try. Terrific try and it was in the Grand Slam year. Yeah, it just shows typical Jamie as well to stay involved, you know, having yeah. uh, multiple efforts on the ball is brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, we'll talk to you again in a minute, Chris. Chris Farrell, everybody. <laughs>
Kelly, linking up with Gibson, raising up to the penalty. Beautiful dummy! What a beautiful dummy! Ten yards inside England half to play or to Walsh. Walsh running up to the 25. Gives it to Casey. Casey's over under the post. What a beautiful try! Thank you. Thank you, thank you. That's a real Grand Slam winning crowd tonight. Our next guest, every opportunity, our next guest played in every match in Ireland's magnificent Six Nations campaign of 2014. A big clubhouse welcome for Dave Carney! How are you, Dave? He's looking good, isn't he, ladies? Yes. <laughs> Very good. Dave, you're just back from Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah. How'd it go? Um, great, great few days, yeah. I went, well, went over for a Tuesday, so... Um, yeah, it was great. Have you been? I haven't been. No. Uh, Donica was there this weekend. I say Wednesday, yeah. It's wild, isn't it? It's class, it? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great atmosphere. <laughs> um, didn't do so well in the punting stakes, but um, good experience and enjoyed it. Are we just living in a bubble over here in Ireland, or was there a feeling over there in Cheltenham about the match? Were, were they aware this is, there's a match happening, Ireland versus England, or was it just all horses, or was there talk about the match? A bit of both, I think. Uh, depending on how people did in the, in the, in the races. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of chat about the game. There's obviously lots of Irish over there, so... Um, I think some of them were trying to get the racing done first and then worry about the game. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if, if they were doing both, they did, did a good week planned anyway. Yeah, you were on a flight. You were on the flight over, weren't you? I was on the flight over, and about twenty minutes into it, they announced there's no more alcohol. It's sold out, and they got the biggest cheer of the day. Like, <laughs> yes, we've drank the plane dry, and now we're hitting Cheltenham, and then London. Yes, <laughs> Mario, it's brilliant. It's like we're taking over England. You know, whatever about Saturday's match, we own that place. That's kind of counterintuitive that Irish people cheer when all the drink is gone. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't they go, there's more drink! Oh, yes. Okay, sorry, Rob, for ignoring you. Or, Jesus, Dave. Jesus Christ. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> Don't mention I, the war. Yeah. I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it. <laughs> You're, Listen, right, you're, uh, not, you're not the only one to do it. No, actually, uh, because I wanted to announce in 2014, Dave Carney won the Six Nations. He's a champion. <laughs> you are a champion and know what it feels like to be a champion. And these guys are on the verge, well, they are champions already, but they're on the verge of being super duper champions. What, from your experience, that's what I call them, sorry. Um, what, from your experience, 48 hours before this match, are they experiencing now? What's, going, what's happening in camp? What's the vibe? Uh, definitely a lot of nerves. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a funny position to be in, because you know, they've, they've, they've won it. So um, you know, I think people are kind of more so talking about the, the Grand Slam at the minute and kind of forgotten the fact that we've, we've actually gone and won it. Um, so I think probably a bit of pressure off a small bit like yeah. um you know it's not like there's 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 a championship on the line obviously if we win great we get the grand slam but yeah. we've we've also won it which is which is which is a tough thing to do okay, in itself but i want to try and get to this question you can all chip into this one if you want what is the grade who's more motivated ireland to beat england to win the grand slam or england not to be beaten by ireland who's more motivated do you think I'd still go with Ireland. Ireland to win the Grand Slam. Yeah. I still think there's enough senior players there that 
What do you think, Dave? Oh, it's, yeah, it's got to be Ireland. I mean, if, well, we, have, we have a prize at the end of it. We have a grand slam. But, but what about if them? They what about they, they'd love to mess it up. We messed it up last year for them, yeah, and that's true. all they're hoping for. But do they want to mess it up just to mess it up for us, or do they want to defend themselves to the death? Do you well, know there's I mean? a bit of that. They've played really poorly, and if they got a win against Ireland, who are a really good team, then it, gives them, it lifts them a little bit. But I just think we're too good for them at the moment. Mm. No, look, I just, I can't see it. I can't see it going any other way. I think Ireland will go there and they'll be, they'll be massively up for it. I know England will want to mess that up because of what we did to them last year, but I don't think that's going to be enough. Mm. No, I'm confident, believe me, I, I am confident, but uh, you do feel, fear this kind of backs-to-the-wall backlash kind of... 100%. There's been a few things to spark it up in the media this week, whether that be Eddie Jones and whether they've had some visitors in camp and whatnot, but look. Yeah, the motivation is to do something special. A Grand Slam is so hard to do. It is. Luckily, we, we have won championships, but like, it was brilliant to hear Johnny and Rory and all the guys in the squad talking about this opportunity comes about once to, to win a Grand Slam. And it doesn't matter if you're Andrew Porter or Rory Best, it's your opportunity to do something yeah. special, and you don't get a whole lot of shots at that. No. Um, is everybody aware of the uh, boring Carney Twitter feed? <laughs> everybody heard of it? Um, it's a Twitter account uh, called Boring Carney, um, which purports to be from uh, Rob and Dave Carney, and they send out these boring tweets. You know it, of course. Very well. Dave, <laughs> but, but you have nothing to do with it. Maybe. <laughs> but anyway, um, we have a series of tweets here, and I want the audience to tell me um, if they are real Carney tweets or boring Carney tweets. <laughs> you all right with that, Dave, yeah? Okay, thanks. I promise I won't call you Rob again. Um, <laughs> You're like his mom. <laughs> okay, first tweet, everybody. Uh, I must admit, I'm getting very into Downton Abbey. Real or boring? Real. Real or boring? Real. 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 Dave? Here it is. 2012. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. I was almost out of milk this morning and the big shop isn't until tomorrow, so I added some water to get me out until tomorrow. <laughs> Real or boring? Real. Boring. 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 <laughs> boring Carney. They never run out of milk, they're no. farmers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tweet number three. The winning number in my local credit union draw was 11. Real Carney or boring Carney? Boring. 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 Boring Carney. <laughs> Tweet number four. I would safely say that navy is in my top three colours of all time. <laughs> but I will have to put that allegiance aside when we take on Scotland at the weekend. Real. Real. It's boring! <laughs> I love the way nobody can tell the difference yeah, between so and boring. That's incredibly accurate. Right, final tweet. I'd be inclined to think that vending machines shouldn't be allowed in schools. It's easy steps like this that will help in the long run. That's real. real? It is real. Well, well done. done. Well done. Um, yeah. Finally, Dave. That's uh, Rob again. That's not me. <laughs> I love the way you pan it off on Rob. Yeah. Finally, Dave, uh, you are from Louth, right? Correct. The Cooley Peninsula. Yeah. Uh, but you don't sound like anybody from Louth at all. <laughs> Can you give us a blast of an old Louth accent there, will you? <laughs> How now, brown cow? <laughs>
Welcome back to the clubhouse. Now, at this stage of the show, one of our guests is usually put in the spotlight to play Leinstermind or Monstermind. Uh, it was going to be Dave Carney, but tonight uh, we've decided to make a little bit of a change. So, Donica O'Callaghan. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Donica O'Callaghan. <laughs> Stay loyal is out the window. Stay loyal. Donica O'Callaghan is in the chair for Monstermind tonight. Loads of pumping, loads of pumping. And your name, please? Donnacha O'Callaghan. Donnacha Fintan O'Callaghan. And your occupation? Uh, rugby player. And your other occupation? Centre ambassador, and top line ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> we keep going. Okay, 15 other jobs. Okay, Donnacha O'Callaghan, you have uh, one minute on Munster starting now. You once led a flock of ducks into a Munster management meeting. What did you use as bait? Uh, cornflakes. Correct. <laughs> I knew that. During a pre-season bonding session, you, Peter Clausey, the Claw, and Mick Galway, Golov, decided to go to the pub, while the rest of them ended up doing what? Uh, orienteering. That's correct. I didn't, I didn't want to go to the pub. And he doesn't even drink. <laughs> How many years did it take you to finish the three-year recreation and leisure course at CIT? Uh, Nineteen. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it was a totally different course by the time I finished it. I thought it was eleven here. <laughs> Very good. Did you change that course then? Yeah. What is the motto in the Monster dressing room? Um, you can't slag if it's true. No, this is Munster. Leave your feelings at the door. Oh, very good. That one's one too. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Which Irish rugby legend is Munster's most capped player? Uh, that's me. Who? Donna O'Callaghan. Correct. Donna Fintan O'Callaghan. <laughs> Paul O'Connell once tricked you into giving him your credit card to buy a training device. <laughs> but what did he use the card to buy? Flowers. What? For, yeah. He bought flowers for... I, I, I thought I was buying an isosymmetric core enhancer. And he just started sending flowers to my coach and con, to Jenny, to Jenny's mom. Round of applause for Paul O'Connell. <laughs> Which monster player described you as a man that encapsulates what it, what it means to be a monster man, true to his values in every way? And I'm filling up here. Ooh, Zeebs. Paul O'Connell. Oh, nice. That one got me. <laughs> Who pranked New Zealand legend Christian Cullen with a hand buzzer upon his arrival oh, at Monster? Donna Confinton O'Callaghan. Worst thing I ever done. What a legend. I made a clone of myself. Correct. Who wore the number four jersey? <clears throat> I've started, so I finish. Who wore the number four jersey in the heroic last match against Wales to win the Grand Slam for Ireland in 2009, bringing tears to everyone's eyes, including mine, in Smiths of Haddington Road? <laughs> Donica Fintan O'Callaghan. Yes! got cotton mouth there. I was really nervous. He's such a hero. He didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> now, our final guest boxed for Ireland in the Olympics and as a pro fighter was crowned middleweight boxing champion of the world. From Limerick to the clubhouse, please welcome Andy Lee. <laughs> Andy, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. What do you think of it so far? Great. Good fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, very fun. Good. You've just retired. Why now? And what was the decision behind your retirement? Congratulations on a great career, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, like you said, I had a great career. But it's important to know when, it, when, you know, when, when the day's up. And uh, it just made sense. I'm 33 years old. You can't fight forever. Like, you can't box. It's a young man's game. So I just felt it was the right time. Um, I'd done everything I wanted to do. 
I became world champion and um, that's it, you know, that's uh, what more can you ask for? So it was the right time. There's, there's many reasons why um, in terms of my family and, you know, just got to consider them as well as my, my own selfish reasons. But um, it was to me, I'd love to fight on forever, but you know, you got to know when it's time yep. to call it a day. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the reaction to your retirement? Um, everybody we asked about Andy Lee had nothing but amazing words to say about him. He seems to be an incredibly uh, popular man, not only athlete, but people like Michael Conlon came out for you, Kel Brook, Katie Taylor spoke about you, Matthew Macklin, Kenneth Egan, uh, and loads more from um, World Rugby coming out, actually, in, in praise of you. Uh, can you. How do you take that kind of... Uh, it's, yeah, it's a little bit... Uh, I wouldn't say I'm really that comfortable with it, but it's very nice to hear, and I appreciate it a lot all the messages, you know, and um, it was across the board from, from the world of sports, from, you know, from all walks of life. And uh, it makes me feel good that I had that kind of, you know, positive impact on, on people. And uh, yeah, so it was really nice. People um, obviously are very proud of you. We're all proud of our champions in Ireland. We're all proud of our sports people. But, um, you know, are you, or any, actually the question for all of you, are you aware of the lift while you're doing it that you give people but from your exploits? Um, or do you, do you just keep yourself, you know, away from all that? Or can you see, can, do you get the Yeah, feeling? I don't think you try, you tr I think as when you're competing or, you know, performing, you try to take any, anything you can do to take pressure off yourself. You kind of like, so if you kind of put that extra onus on yourself, thinking, well, if I win this, it's going to lift the nation or people are going to get behind, you know, no. I think that's another pressure that you don't need, but it's a nice um, side effect to being, you know, victorious or, or to winning that, People can get behind you, you know, and uh, yeah, it's good. Like, when I watch these guys play, you know, it's, it gives you that extra little boost when you see him, like, like Johnny Sexton kick, making that kick against France this year. It was, it was an unbelievable moment. So I was watching it with friends, and, you know, the difference between that kick going over the bar, sailing wide, I'm just coming up short. Like, we're here today, and everyone's excited for the match on Saturday, and just because that kick, like, he had that focus and that vision, and, like, I was watching with friends, we were all jumping around, and high-fiving for about half an hour after the match. So it was, uh, yeah, that's, you know, those are the feelings. I, you know? I wish I'd known that, though, when you're in it. When you're in the squad environment, you feel like you're in a bit of a bubble. You're oblivious to the lift it's given mm. the country. I would love to, like, I, I, Andy, like you, that moment when Johnny knocked over the rock goal, just yeah. the sense of pride you get. And I, yeah. I don't think you know that while you're in camp. Uh, I think it's something to look back on, like, and uh, the lads will probably feel like you probably, you know, and yourself, when you, when you eventually retire, like for me, you know, part of the reaction to my retirement, getting that reaction from people, it kind of gives you, gives me an appreciation for all, all that I had done, you know, like for me when I retired and people were saying, I remember you had that fight and you came over and you said hello after the fight and small messages like that. And that like once you, you kind of can appreciate it then, when, but while you're competing, it's very hard to appreciate yeah. what, you, what you're actually doing because it's your job. You know, but, it's, it's, lads, do you think, I mean, just on that point, I mean, do you think, the, for example, the rugby players, I mean, do you think they're kept in too much? I mean, would it be good for them to get out every so often? No, you, no not at all. They, like, they're on task, they're on job, you know what I mean? And that's why they put out the performances. For me, I, I don't think so. Actually, being in camp is quite secure. You feel safe in there, you, mm -hmm. do, you know, you call them potholes, people that drive you crazy, you just try to avoid them at all costs because they're adding that external pressure that you don't need. That's why I always fun camp anyway. During the Six Nations anyway, it's quite a, it's a short tournament in that you do have blocks of two games and then you mm. might have a break for a week where you can switch off a little bit and have a bit of family time and whatnot and then you've got one more game, you might have another break 
and then you might have a block of two or three games after that. But yeah, I think you're right in that you are you are in a little bubble for those three week off, blocks, two yeah, week blocks. I'm better off to blocks. stay there. I'm probably better off to stay there. I yeah, wonder I sometimes. I just wonder sometimes. If camp, they could... camp is brilliant fun. Like, yeah. it, 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 like this is a great week. The week at Cheltenham, everyone's buzzing around the place. Willie Bennett is going absolutely crazy <laughs> with all the horse racing, and you know they they get guys in like Christy Moore to to perform for the team. It's just incredible. Actually, yes, you you are out of camp at the moment, Chris. Yeah, how but, I am, but I made sure and show up for that Christy Moore concert. <laughs> on, what happened? It's, well, to be honest, it was on Monday I got a call to come up to camp almost because for, for a photo, actually, but Christy Moore was playing a little bit later and I decided to hang around purely to stay for Christy because I'd heard he'd been in camp before and, and there's always been so much hype and about Christy coming into camp. He actually played, he, it started off saying he was only going to play for 40 minutes, but he went over, over an hour playing requests, playing classics, playing... Listen to Varna, whatever did, else he may have played. Did he sing with anyone in the team? He didn't. He asked Peter O'Mahony, but he carried it out like oh, he usually serious? does. Oh, yeah, <laughs> what a weasel. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, did you ever play rugby? Uh, in school, I played it, and um, I remember I played it. It was raining. I got sick. Couldn't go boxing for a week. Never played it again. Okay. Uh, did you ever box? <laughs> no chance. <laughs> I love that though. It was raining, so I went into a ring and pounded the life out of myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, uh, we'll be back with you in a second. Andy Lee, everybody. <laughs> Thanks to Chris Farrell, Dave Carney, and Andy Lee, everybody. Donica. Donica who? Donica O'Callaghan. <clears throat> Listen, Donica, you're a nice guy and everything, right? But the series is over, okay? I'll see you next year or something. Anyway, what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs>